Amen. Well, it's good to be in the Lord's house tonight. Amen. Amen. Everybody ready to learn a little something tonight? Or be reminded of something? Maybe not learn something. Maybe be reminded of something. Romans chapter 12 in your Bibles this evening. And we're going to read some familiar passage of Scripture tonight. We've been using this (coughs) as our jumping board. Romans chapter 12 in your Bibles when you find your place. If you're able to stand, if you'll stand tonight. And Brother Allen, if you can give me uh, all the monitor, or give me a little bit more monitor up here, that would be a blessing tonight, buddy. Romans chapter 12, and look, if you will, please, at verse number 1. The Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good an acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts, differing according to the grace that is given to us, Whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth on teaching. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Don't answer out loud, don't raise your hand, but I wonder, do you know what your gift is yet? And if you don't know what it is, then I hope, you'll, I hope that you'll, you'll get an inkling to what your gift is before we're done with this series. I have a super positive feeling about this series. I just feel like it's been good for our church. And, and, if, and, and even if you don't know what your gift is, I think it's been good for us just to talk about the gifts. And I think it's been good for us to remind us all that all of us have one. And that God wants us to use whatever gift that God has given you, God wants us to use it to help the body. And so we're going to go just a little bit further tonight. I don't know if you think that you've located your gift yet, but I've got a feeling that a lot of you are going to figure yours out tonight. And so uh, you may be seated. I'm going to really pay attention to my outline, so forgive me if I have my head down some tonight. But uh, let's pray. And we'll jump right into the Bible study tonight. Okay, Father, we thank you for your blessings. And God, set our soul on fire. God, I pray tonight that you'd help us to be where our feet are tonight. God, help our heart to be here. And I pray at least for the next few moments, I pray that we'll forget about every other thing. And I pray that we'll concentrate on what your perfect will is for us concerning the body of Christ and the will of God. I pray now, Heavenly Father, that you'd bless those that are here bodily tonight. I pray you'd bless them in a very, very special way for their faithfulness in being here. But then, Lord, I pray that you'd bless those that are watching by way of live stream. And maybe there were some who were not able to be with us tonight, but they're watching. And and I pray, God, that you'd minister to their heart tonight. And, Lord, just come now in mighty power. We pray for your blessing, your assistance. And I pray that our wonderful, darling Savior, Jesus, would be lifted up and magnified in a great way this evening. We plead the blood of Jesus over the service. I pray, God, you'd teach us tonight 
In Jesus' name, we pray. And for his sake and all God's people said, amen. amen. Well, we've talked about several gifts already. We've talked about three. First of all, we talked about prophecy, the gift of prophecy. What is the gift of prophecy? Well, we said the gift of prophecy is the declaration of the purposes of God. And uh, we talked about how uh, I really don't believe that we need that Old Testament gift of prophecy any longer. And I just found this, and I, I love what Schofield said about this. I don't agree with everything that Schofield says, but I, I love Schofield's note here. He says, the New Testament prophet is not ordinarily a foreteller, but rather a forth-teller, uh, one whose gifts enabled him to speak to edification and exhortation and comfort. And so when we talk about prophecy it's not that gift like Isaiah had or Jeremiah had or Ezekiel had necessarily, uh, but it, it's, it's designed to declare the purposes of God for the edifying of the church. And then we talked about the gift of ministry a little bit. And that word ministry means attendance to. It means service. It means uh, the gift of aid. Uh, it's the gift, if you will, of providing exemplary service. Somebody that has the gift of ministry is somebody that is has a servant's heart and they can just serve like nobody's business. I mean, they're just good at what they do. Now, I was trying to think of an illustration to go here. And so, uh, from a worldly perspective, I think this would fit. Some of you went with us to a Daniel Boone Inn restaurant Saturday morning. We had a great time of fellowship, great breakfast. And uh, they took us back to the back uh, portion of the restaurant. We had about 35, and, and they put us in our own little private room there, and, and uh, uh, it was crowded. It wasn't too crowded, but it was crowded. And uh, now when they, got ready to, when they got ready to service, well, one lady came back. My wife said she sort of reminded her of Granny Clampett, I, you know. And, uh, but one lady came back. Now, wait a minute now. We had 35 back there, and we had 35 people that were ready to eat, brother. I mean, they were ready. They came prepared. And, uh, and it was at already after 10 o'clock. And so some of our folks, they were ready. And, uh, and so when I saw that lady come back there, I thought, Lord, you know, where's the other servers at? That's what I thought. I thought, Lord, there's no way. This is going to be a bad experience. There's no way this little lady who was an older, older lady, there's no way that she's going to be able to serve 35 Baptist, amen, that are hungry for uh, country, uh, you know, country ham and the bacon and, and eggs and grits and all that and a lot more uh, other than that. But you know what? That little lady, that little lady served 35 people well. And uh, I was amazed. I mean, as far as I know, nobody had a complaint. And uh, in fact, when she got, we got ready to leave, I gave her a big thumbs up and I said, you did excellent today. And she just kept everybody uh, taken care of and accommodated. And, uh, and I thought, you know, uh, from a worldly perspective, that's the gift of ministry. It's somebody that provides exemplary service. Then we talked about the gift of teaching. And we said that the gift of teaching means to hold discourse with others in order to instruct them. And it also means to conduct oneself as a teacher. And we took a little time to talk about the gift of teaching. Tonight, I want to switch gears. And I want to talk to you about the fourth gift of the Spirit mentioned here in Romans chapter 12, and that's the gift of exhortation. The gift of exhortation. Now, this is a very, very important gift and a very precious gift. 
In fact, I wrote this down. The gift of exhortation is one that really exemplifies the ministry of the Holy Spirit. In fact, when you exhibit the gift of exhortation, if you have the gift of exhortation, and I hope that by the time we get done tonight, you may have an idea that that's your gift. But when you exhibit the gift of exhortation, in a way, you are acting in the place of the very Spirit of God. Then you say, preacher, what do you mean? Well, let me show you what I'm talking about, and I'll put just a, a few things up on the screen tonight. If you go back and look up the word exhortation, the word exhortation is derived from the Greek word periklesis. We have another word in our New Testament. It's the word comforter or Holy Spirit. If you look up that word in the Greek, it's the word parakletos. And basically, those two words are really one in the same. Both of those words have a meaning. And the meaning is to be summoned or to call to one's side. Now, what is, now think about it. This is so simple, right? But I need something simple. And so maybe this will help you if I keep it sort of simple. What is, what's a summons? It means to be summoned or summoned. So what is a, what is a summons? Well, basically, a summons is an order to appear. If somebody comes by your house and says, I'm, I'm you know, issuing a summons, that means that you better show up. You better appear. And if you don't appear, that means that somebody with a badge on their shirt is probably going to be uh, looking you up because you did not appear. And so that's what the word means there. In this case, though, from a spiritual perspective and a biblical per perspective, it means this. It means an uh, uh, order to appear or someone who appears for the purpose of comfort or consolation is what it means. Now, if we're going, we're not going deep, but if it's too deep for you, we'll get shallow here in just a minute. I was looking at Matthew, and I love Matthew Henry's commentaries. One of my favorite commentaries, and he has so much to say about everything in the Bible. But I'm going to be honest with you. When I looked up what Matthew Henry had to say about the gift of exhortation, I didn't really agree with what uh, Matthew Henry uh, had to say. But I did appreciate, I did appreciate one thing that Matthew Henry said about the difference in the gift of teaching and the gift of exhortation. And this is what he said. He said, many that are very accurate in teaching may yet be very cold and unskillful in exhorting. And on the contrary, the one requires a clearer head, the other a warmer heart. I like that. That's, that's good. In other words, what he was saying was this. You may be a great teacher. You may be blessed with the gift of teaching, but at the same time, you're not blessed with the gift of exhortation. Now, somebody says, I thought they were one and the same, but they're not. They're, they're two different, very different gifts. And so you can be a great teacher or you can even be good in the, in the gift of ministry but not be a good exhorter. Now, to try to help you with that a little bit, I want to show you an example of an exhorter in the Bible. And it was a man by the name of Barnabas. Barnabas was an exhorter. In fact, in fact, I'm not having to go there tonight because we're going to go to some other places. But did you know the Bible calls Barnabas the son of consolation? 
And that's what exhortation means. It's the idea of consolation. And Barnabas was known as the son of consolation or called to one side. And uh, now uh, uh, take your Bibles, if you will, and we'll turn to a few places in the book of Acts tonight. Acts chapter 11, first of all, Acts chapter 11. And look, if you will, at verse number 23 tonight. And the Bible gives us a little insight into the ministry or the gift of Barnabas. Acts chapter 11, verse number 23. The Bible says, who, when he came, and had seen the grace of God, was glad, and notice what it says here, was glad and exhorted them all, that with purpose of a heart, uh, that they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man, and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people, now look at this now, this is just, this stands out to me. Because Barnabas exercised his gift of exhortation, look what happened, um, and much people was added unto the Lord. Now turn over just a few pages to Acts chapter 14 and look at verse number 22. And again, the Bible's speaking of Barnabas here. Acts chapter 14, verse number 22. And the Bible says, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. Here were some folks that were discouraged and along came Barnabas, the exhorter the son of consolation, and Barnabas exhorted these Christians. Now, I want you to take your Bibles, turn over to Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 9. We, most of us tonight, have all heard of the great ministry of the Apostle Paul. And I've heard preachers say that Apostle Paul was, of course, the greatest preacher that ever lived, the prince of preachers. He was the, you know, the, the great church planner, the great missionary, and, uh, and he was. And I say amen to that. Uh, the Apostle Paul was a great, great man of God and greatly used of the Lord. In fact, the Spirit of God used the Apostle Paul to write more books in your New Testament than any other man. And so he was a great, great man and had a wonderful, powerful ministry. But may I submit this tonight, that there is a good chance that Paul's ministry never would have been what Paul's ministry was had it not been for Barnabas. Amen. Now, I want you to look with me, if you will, at Acts chapter 9 and verse number 26. The Bible says, and when Saul, now y'all know that uh, before, uh, a Saul, before Paul became Paul, Paul was who? Saul. Paul was Saul. God changed his name. And after he was saved, but uh, here Saul is, and the Bible says, and, and when Saul was come to Jerusalem, uh, well, he'd been born again. He is saved to, to join himself to the disciples. But look what our Bible says. But they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. In other words, Paul had been persecuting the church and he'd been hauling men and women to prison and breaking up homes and breaking up churches. And, and uh, well, Paul was the one that held the coats of those who stoned the deacon uh, uh, Stephen. And, uh, and so here he comes trying to, to join himself to the, to the disciples. And the Bible says they were like, no way. We don't want any part of this guy. We're afraid of him. We've heard it. He's got a reputation. But look what happened. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem and he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians, but they went about to slay him, talking about Paul, uh, which when the brethren knew, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarsus. Now look at this part, church. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria. Look at the next three words. And were what? Yeah. 
and they were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost. What's the next two words? Were multiplied. Now, why? You say, well, preacher, it was because of the ministry of the Apostle Paul. And I want to say, well, before the ministry of the Apostle Paul ever got started, there was another man by the name of Barnabas. And had it not been for Barnabas, I don't think that Paul's ministry ever would have been or went to where uh, where the Lord blessed it to go to. Now, uh, the church was edified and the church was multiplied. Why? Because a man exercised his gift of exhortation or consolation. He was summoned to the side of a brother that needed some help. And when he used that gift, you know what happened? It edified the entire church. Now again, keep in mind, exhortation is the idea of comfort. It's the idea of consolation. I'll tell you in just a minute how you can, there's different ways you can use the gift. But it's the idea of comfort or consolation. Years ago, many, many years ago, when my wife and I were in Bible college, there was a young couple that had come to the college and, and uh, we, we had become friends, not close, close friends, I guess what you would say, but we had become friends. Their names were Ed and Tammy and, and uh, they were just a brand new young couple and, uh, and uh, I just recently started attending the Bible college. Well, Tammy got pregnant. And uh, they started going through the pregnancy, and she had not been very pre- not been uh, pregnant all that long until one day we got a call that uh, that Miss Tammy was having she was having some major major issues, and she was getting ready to deliver the baby, and the baby was going to be severely premature. In fact, they were pretty sure, if I remember the story right, they were pretty sure that the baby was going to be a spina bifida baby. And so they took <clears throat> they took Tammy, and they. Uh, uh, they uh, put her in an ambulance and they had to get her to a a hospital that specialized in that kind of care and so they drove her three hours away to a place called Peoria, uh, Peoria, Illinois, Children's Hospital in Peoria. Well, my wife and I got word of that and, and, uh, and we knew Ed's family was in Iowa. Well, it'd take them hours and hours and hours to get there. Tammy's family was in Iowa. And it would take them hours and hours to get there. So we knew that Ed and Tammy didn't have anybody. So my wife and I just threw the kids in the car and we loaded up. Off to Peoria, we went. I'll never forget, we find our way, never never been to Peoria ever in my life. And I remember we we didn't have uh, cell phones back then, didn't have GPS, you know, you had the old Rand McNally map. Can anybody identify? Amen. Took out the whole front of the car, by the way, and and uh, but we finally found our way to uh, to uh, the children's hospital there, and I'll never forget. I'll never forget as we finally found our way to where Ed and Tammy were going to be, and where they were getting ready to deliver the baby, and and they did deliver the baby. I'll never forget that that Ed came walking out of the operating room there, and my wife and I were standing there. You could have knocked him over with a feather. I'll never forget him looking like, I am not believing this. You mean you folks drove three hours to just come over here and just be with us? Needless to say, after that, we became very, very close friends. 
In fact, Ed and Tammy have visited this church. They've, they've been down to, to uh, Calvary, and we taught them the better things of life. About Union Grove, we taught them how to eat liver mush and all that kind of thing. And uh, although I'm not sure that we sold Ed on that. But, uh, uh, but uh, anyway, now wait a minute. What, what, what's your point, preacher? My point is this, that, that the gift of exhortation is the idea of comfort or consolation. The person with the gift of exhortation appears. That's what it means. They're summoned. It's, it's, it's being called to, to one's side. But then as they come to that person's side, they provide consolation or exhortation. Now, here's what I want to give you tonight, and I'm going to have to do this very quickly tonight. But uh, you're able to give exhortation through several different means. And I'll put these on the screen just for way of, of remembrance. Number one is this. We provide consolation or exhortation, first of all, through persuasive discourse. That's what it means, by the way. Look it up, exhortation, and it means persuasive discourse. It's what we would call preaching or teaching. In other words, God gives the person with the gift of exhortation. By the way, those that are teachers and preachers may or may not have the gift of exhortation. But sometimes God gives those that are preachers or teachers, God gives them also that gift of exhortation. And he gives them the words that they need to encourage and uplift the church. For instance, I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that Brother Joe Arthur has the gift of exhortation. And uh, now Brother Joe's a good friend and he's a fantastic preacher, but you know what? There, there are some preachers, I'm not sure they have the gift of exhortation, but I believe that Brother Joe does. And if you've ever heard Brother Joe preach, you know what I'm talking about. He can preach, and he preaches in such a way that, man, it just so lifts you, and it just so encourages you. And, and, and by the time you leave, you're just, you feel like you're so much more in love with Jesus, and you just love the church, and, and, uh, and you, you find yourself encouraged. What is that? That's the gift of exhortation or persuasive discourse. I thought about Pastor Jack Treber out at North Valley Baptist Church, and I believe that Brother Treber has got the gift of exhortation. I love to listen to him on the radio. And I love to listen when he comes on. Uh, hello, good neighbor, good neighbor, good to see you. You know, And you know what? Whenever you listen, some of you know who I'm talking about, I know, but, but look it up, North Valley Baptist Church, and, uh, and go watch Dr. Treber preach or listen to him on uh, uh, KVNBC, I think it's their radio station, uh, the church radio station. And you know what? You can listen to Brother Treber for about two minutes. And by the end of those two minutes, you're like, okay, you know what, I think this day's going to be okay. I mean, I, I think I'm going to be all right. I think, I think everything's okay. And, and you know why? Because he has that gift of exhortation. And by the way, really, that's what communication is all about. Did you know that our communication ought to be used to build up the church and never tear down the church? Now, listen to me, church. Let me tell you something. Uh, uh, God's doing something really special at Calvary. And we had this conversation Sunday night after the service as a family. In, just in the, the, the personal confines of our house. But I really believe that God is doing something at Calvary in such a way that nobody can take the credit for it right. other than God. Right. I mean, what God's doing right now, there's just no explanation. And I mean, it's just like, man, folks are getting saved and folks are coming in. And it's just like, man, what in the world's going on? It's God. That's what it is. Yeah. 
Hey, uh, listen, it, it is, it's God. But I want to say this, as sure as shooting, as the church begins to grow and God begins to bless, Satan is going to send somebody in who's going to try to start tearing away and nitpicking and gossiping and, uh, and uh, you know, the message is never quite good enough and the choir is never sings quite good enough and, and that Sunday school teacher, well, he's good in everything, but, you know, I got some criticism. Now, I want to tell you something. I want to warn you a little bit about something tonight. You better stay away from those kind of people. I'm not talking about being mean, but you know what? Be nice. Hey, good to see you. Uh, you know, but uh, I wouldn't listen. Amen. Not, I'm just telling you what I believe, and you do what you want to do. But uh, you know what, folks? Like, and by the way, we got some. But I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. Who I'm going out to eat with. I'm going out to eat with the folks who love their church and who love their Lord. And I'm going out to eat, and I'm going to spend time with the people who love you. The last thing in the world I want to do is go out and waste my time with some folks that all they want to do is criticize you and complain about you. Brother, my time is too precious than to give my time for something like that. Now, I just said that. Say this. That's not the gift of exhortation. Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying, building up, building up that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Colossians chapter four, verse six, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And so I'm just saying this, that if God has given you the gift of exhortation, it may be that you may exhibit that gift uh, by means of persuasive discourse, but we gotta hurry. How about this? Number next is you exhibit this gift through prayer and supplication. The Bible says in James 5, 16, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And you know this is true. Some people have an amazing way of comforting by the way they pray. Is that true? Let me give you an example. Some of you know Pastor Jim Morgan. Some of you don't. He's retired now, pastored for many, many, many years, Command Baptist Church over in Statesville, North Carolina. And uh, Brother Morgan, I believe, has the gift of exhortation. And I believe he exhibits that gift by way of prayer and supplication. I never meet Brother Morgan. I often, I'll, I'll run into him at the hospital or something like that. And I never meet Brother Morgan when he doesn't say, Brother Steve, and he's so meek. He says, Brother Steve, can we have a prayer? I remember one time we were waiting on the elevator. Brother Morgan held the elevator. The alarm was going off and he held the elevator. He said, Brother Steve, can we have a prayer? And by the way, when James Morgan says, preacher, can we have a prayer? Let me tell you something. You can let the elevator go because I want him to have a prayer. And it never fails when Brother Morgan begins to start praying. I begin to feel edified. I begin to start feeling encouraged. Why? Because uh, God has given him that gift of exhortation or consolation. Now, now here's the amazing thing. Uh, Brother Morgan, Jim Morgan, and Joe Arthur, their preaching styles, completely different. 
Brother Morgan's a lot quieter. He's a lot more reformed in his preaching. Brother Joe, you know, Brother Joe, he's, you know, he's a madman. I mean, he's all over the place. But wait a minute now. But, but, but Brother Joe exhibits that gift through that persuasive discourse. But Brother Morgan, on the other hand, uh, exhibits that gift by way of prayer and supplication. I think Brother Mike has the gift of exhortation by way of prayer and supplication. Now, maybe through teaching as well because he's a great teacher. But through prayer. My wife, Brother Mike, my wife always says this. When I die, I want Brother Mike to pray at my funeral. I don't know how many times I've heard that. And, uh, honey, when I die, I want Brother Mike to pray at my funeral. And uh, I, I love to hear Brother Mike pray. Now, why? why, why what is that? It's the gift of exhortation. It, it, it builds up. By the way, it's not just preachers or teachers that have this gift. I, I really believe I saw this gift exercised. Listen to this. Not in a Sunday school class. Not in a church sanctuary, but in the ICU ward. I walked in the ICU at Ireland Memorial Hospital one day, and Dr. Andy White, who's my doctor, Dr. Andy White was in the room with a family, and he had done all that he could do, medically speaking. They were disconnecting the loved one from the machines, and they had just done all they could do. And I stood outside the room. You say, preacher, you eavesdropped? I did. I eavesdropped as a medical doctor prayed with that family. And it was such an awesome prayer. I could feel ministry. I could feel my own spirit being encouraged while he was praying. I could feel the spirits of that family being encouraged while he was praying. Why? Because I believe God had no doubt given him the gift of exhortation. You say, preacher, I could never stand behind a pulpit and preach. No, but you could do that. You may be here tonight and you say, pastor, well, I'd like to have the gift of teaching, but I don't think I have that. Uh, I could never stand in front of a Sunday school class and teach. No, but maybe you could get uh, with somebody in the parking lot and you could just get around them and say, "Uh, can we have a prayer? Can we have a prayer? And let's pray and pray for them. And so uh, we exhibit that gift through persuasive discourse, through prayer and supplication. How about this? This is going to help you. We exhibit the gift of exhortation through provisional blessing. The word exhortation, look it up. It means this. It means importation, importation. You say, okay, that's right, import. Y'all know what an import is, don't you? Sometimes people get a car that's imported or they buy food that's imported. The word import means the bringing of something in. Uh, Some of you are good at providing some type of a gift or importing a blessing that encourages or comforts. I think my wife's downstairs in the nursery. It's not a doubt. Oh, she's right back there. She's right back there where the backslidden folks are. Amen. And... uh, (laughs) My wife has the gift of exhortation. There's no doubt about that. Uh, She has uh, an uncanny ability to put together a little gift that is so beautiful, yet a lot of times inexpensive and so meaningful. In fact, whenever she and I visit the hospital, we are not allowed to go to the hospital if we do not come bearing gifts. I mean, we, when we, whenever we visit together, hospital visitation, we all, we're always carrying something in. 
always. We've got a flower. We've got balloons. We've got some kind of little basket. We've got magazines. We've got uh, treats. We've got something. And she'll put little bows on it, and she'll put uh, little butterflies sticking out of it, and I mean all this kind of stuff. And uh, and then and she brings that. She imports that. She imports that in. And uh, and you know what happens? It edifies. It encourages. You see, some of you thought, boy, preacher, I don't think I have a gift. Oh, yeah, you got it. You just got to start using it. And so we exhibit that gift through persuasive discourse, through prayer and supplication, through provisional blessing. We got to bring this thing to a close so the choir can practice. But number, and last of all, we exhibit that gift through personal presence. The word exhorteth is the word parakaleo. And again, I've said this, but it means this. It means to call to one's side. That's what it means. Old story, old story. When I first started pastoring the church, in fact, I had just started pastoring the church's weeks. I was brand new. I mean, I was fresh out of Bible college. And I mean, I had no longer, no, no more started pastoring this church, and, and we had the sweetest lady that attended this church, Nova Spice. And though, how many knew Nova? Oh, wasn't she sweet? She had such a sweet disposition and she was just so gentle and meek and, and Nova was the kind of church member that you wanted to pastor. Well, Nova's husband got sick. He got real sick. In fact, I, I don't remember for sure. Probably Brother Linden called. He's probably you that called me, buddy. And, and uh, it was late up in the night. In fact, it was up in the night. And he said, preacher, said uh, uh, Nova's husband's not doing good. He's probably not going to make it. And and so I, I got up and got clothes on and I drove over to Harmony and, uh, and, I, and the family had gathered at the house and I was in the home and, and, uh, and we were just, some of you have been there, we were just waiting for it to come. It was coming, it was coming. Death was coming. It was just wind was gonna come. And we were sitting around the house. I remember Brother J.R. came, Brother J.R. and Miss Marie came. They're part of the family and, and uh, Debbie was there and Charlotte and, and a lot of the family members were there. And I remember as a brand new pastor, I remember, Lord, this so, and family was sad and hearts were broken. And finally, he passed. We had to call the funeral directors. They came to get to claim the body. And, and I can remember the, the family just weeping and so heartbroken. And I didn't know what to say. I thought, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I ought to read some scripture right now. And I believe we did read some scripture that night, but I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know, how to, I didn't know what to do. Man, I was brand new. I mean, never really been there before as a pastor. And I remember I left that, that night way up in the morning. I think it's 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. I left the house, started driving back to my house, and I thought, you are the biggest failure that's ever been. You spent five years of your life in Bible college, and you didn't even know what to say. And wait a minute now. I was at the hospital a few days later. I ran into Jim Morgan again. I'm sure he said, Preacher, can we have a prayer? I told Brother Morgan that story that I just told you, and I'll never forget his words. He said, Brother Steve, at a time like that, it's not so much your words that they need as it is your presence that they need. Man, that helped me. That helped me so much. And you know what? A lot of times you say, preacher, I don't know what to say. That's all right. Just be there. Yeah. When somebody's going through a, a, a trial or a valley or a burden or, 
And by the way, you know what they don't need? They don't need these folks to come over and say, I know what you're going through. When they don't know what they're going through. You know what? If you've never had cancer, you don't know what they're going through. And if you've never lost a spouse or you've never lost a child, don't, don't, don't walk up and say, I know what, I know how you feel. No, you don't know how they feel. And so it's not your words, but I tell you what they do need. They just need you to be there. They just need you to show up and just just be by their side. And you may feel awkward and you think, oh, Lord, I wish I knew what to say. Just let them know I've been summonsed to your side. And if you need anything, I'm here. What a gift. Man, I want that gift. You know, I think everybody here tonight would be saying, Lord, can I have that one? I think I'd like to have that one. What a gift. Father, we love you. Thank you for your blessings. I thank you for what you're teaching us on Wednesday night. Lord, I appreciate your presence. I pray, God, that you'll bless in this time of invitation tonight. I feel like we at least ought to have just a stanza of an invitation song. We'll not prolong it, but just a stanza of a song. And maybe tonight somebody needs to come and just get on this altar and say, Lord, thank you for the gifts that you've given. Or, Lord, would you show me your gift that you're giving me? Or, Lord, would you help me to exercise my gift? Lord, it could be there's somebody here tonight that feels like they have the gift of exhortation, and tonight they would come and say, Lord, I'm dedicating my life to exercise this gift that I might encourage and uplift the body of Christ. Have your way in the invitation. Lord, if there might be one here tonight that's not saved, uh, somebody watching my way of live stream that's not saved, I pray tonight they'd come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Have your way, please, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Let's all stand tonight, if you will, please. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you need to just tiptoe down to the altar tonight, pray about something or do business with the Lord, the altar is open. If you need prayer, we'll be here to pray with you. And we're going to pause just for a moment, just for a moment, and you come tonight while we wait.